But I liked when they asked him, they said, what's next for you, Dusty, as he as they present them the trophy? And he says, party time. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, okay, Dusty. <laughs> Come on into the MJ Sports Pod Season 1. We're at Episode 9. We're one away from double digits, Josh. Um, excited to keep rolling with the show here. It's uh, it's kind of crazy to think. Like, we got all these listeners in various countries. I actually don't know how many people are listening from some, all these countries, but uh, we're going global with the pod <laughs> again and uh, enjoying the ride. But, um, yeah, today on the show, uh, we're going to talk some CFL. The playoffs are underway. The... Uh, semifinals have wrapped up. We're going to talk about NHL signings. Um, we're talk Oilers, obviously. We'll actually probably talk on all the Canadian teams uh, as we record this tonight uh, on Tuesday, November the eighth. The Flames have lost again. They have not won since the Oilers beat them. Uh, I think that's about six or seven in a row. Mm-hmm. Oilers have beat Tampa Bay after kind of crapping themselves last night against Washington, in which they gave up four <laughs> power play goals. Um, but we'll get to that in a bit. We're going to maybe touch a little bit on reverse retros as their teams are starting to roll those out, uh, in game scenarios. And then we'll do our traditional Tim Hortons, Tim Hortons, NFL pick them and performers of the week. I don't even know why I said Tim Hortons. They're not sponsoring the pod promise. That's cause we were, um, probably cause we were talking about it. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. Um, but we will, uh, we'll roll and then, uh, we will, We'll get this show underway, so stay tuned. We'll be right back to kick off Season 1, Episode 9 of the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back on into the MJ Sports Pod, Season 1, Episode 9. Josh, the CFL playoffs are well underway. Um, I'm going to throw it to you first. What, what did you think? I... I will just quickly say I was a little underwhelmed by some of the games. Like they seemed not super as equal as I thought they'd be. Um, but uh, let me know what you thought of the games here. We'll break them down a bit before we preview next week. Yeah, no, it's nothing, nothing too crazy um, in those games as far as like anything like super close, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's kind of laughing. It looks like uh, I picked Calgary and Hamilton just for our brother's sake and he went the other way and <laughs> Came out with the win on that side of things, I guess, because uh, BC and Montreal, they move on here. Um, yeah, I think I think both finals now kind of set up an uh, interesting matchup um, as far as, uh, like, Winnipeg being a powerhouse. They, they had the bye week, and then uh, BC's rolling now. Nathan Rourke's kind of back to where he was at the start of the season, throwing over 300 yards and stuff like that. Um, and then the East final there with Toronto and Montreal should be a pretty good game as well. Um, but yeah, nothing too crazy. I thought, I honestly thought the BC, uh, Calgary was going to be a little closer than it ended up being. Um, and, uh, I don't know what, what it is with Hamilton and they just, I don't know if Dane Evans is like, he just can't seem to perform when it matters in the playoffs. It's really strange. Don't watch this, Nate. Just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> I don't I don't I mean I could never play to the level these guys play at right like that's I mean you look at my body type that's not a surprise but <laughs> Dane Evans is he just not a playoff guy and I hate to even say that because 
last year when Hamilton was on their way to the Great Cup, right, in the semifinal in the East final against Toronto, who played most of the game to bring them back from behind? It was Dane Evans. Jeremiah Mazzoli was just awful in that game. But in the semifinal, Mazzoli just rocked. Who did they play? I don't even remember who they played in the semi. But he rocked whoever it was. Yeah. And it probably was Montreal, actually. But it was – like, I just don't know. Like, does he just not – because then in the Grey Cup, right, he played the first Grey Cup against Winnipeg. They're like, he's our guy now. Mazzoli was also hurt, right? But then it was like he just did not do well. Then they're like, okay, he's going to start the Grey Cup because he finished the East Final this year. He got hurt. I mean, he got taken down pretty hard. Mazzoli came in and almost they almost won. Like if you catch that ball in the in the with thirty seconds left or whatever it was, Hamilton's Grey Cup champs. And we're not talking about a repeat or or a potential three peat or anything this year, right? Like, but um, I don't know what it is. I give total props to Trevor Harris though. He was just gunning it last game. Um, the running backs were okay. Fletcher is a surprise. He came from Edmonton. He's having the time of his life because Edmonton doesn't. And I don't know. I, I really, <laughs> I I came on this pod last week and said that Calgary BC would be the game of the playoffs. And I have to eat those words, but it was not. Um, Nathan Rourke came out. It was, it was three, three for a long time. Um, and then I think it was six, six. But then they then BC picked it up and ran with it, and um, you got Rhymes catching balls like crazy. Hatcher, I think, had uh, like 186 yards or something receiving. Um, something like that, yeah. Burnham's catching the ball that no one else can, like he's done his whole career. Like it's just insane what they're doing, and those black jerseys are just oh wow, I love the look of them. But it was a uh, it's kind of underwhelming. Props to BC, though, almost 40,000 people at that game. Okay, like, for the Lions, who have been subpar, we've talked about that many times on this podcast, props to them. Their owner pumped the game. They opened the upper deck. They said, we're going to open six rows on the upper deck on both sides, not in the end zones, just on the sidelines. And they nearly sold out the seats that they had promised. So, um, I mean, it's hard to exceed 40,000 in a semi-game, right? Like, the Great Cups <laughs> don't even draw that sometimes if depending on the capacity limits but um yeah props to them right but i mean bc walked there and and i want bc montreal i said that last week and i said a lot of things are gonna have to happen well step one for both teams is done um this week i think montreal can do it i think they'll beat toronto because i think toronto's gonna play andrew harris and i don't know how up to par he is they're gonna say he's good and ready to go but i don't know um so I think Montreal wins because they're just on fire right now. Like they've been they've been on a heater down the stretch. Um and I looked up their their season records with Toronto. They lost two games, both of them by one point each. And then they won against Toronto by six, I think. So like they've been good games. Bethel Thompson versus uh, Harris. I expect a pretty good aerial attack in that game. Um ship to BC. I think BC's in the better position, actually. I don't think I, I think Winnipeg's gonna win at home. I don't want to see that happen, but I think it's gonna happen. But BC's in a good position. They got nothing to lose. No one is expecting them to do anything. And and it almost burned Winnipeg last year when Saskatchewan walked in there because everyone's like, oh, you're gonna walk on them. And Saskatchewan forced five turnovers in the first half and, and almost won the game, right? Like it's close right to the end. But I think Winnipeg wins, but I think BC is they're gonna be playing free. They got nothing to lose. Yeah, it's a little uh, 
I guess dangerous could be the word to use when uh, you're playing a team that's got nothing to lose because mm-hmm. because they have nothing to lose. Like they're gonna just go out and do whatever they gotta do. And I mean that Winnipeg BC game could be quite interesting. Uh, could it turn out to be? And like uh, I was gonna mention too, like they didn't even have uh, Lucky Whitehead playing in the receiving core this last week. I don't know if he comes back this week, but like if you can add him into that lineup, like that's another high flying weapon that they have at their uh, disposal there as far as uh return games and uh receiving core. Oh, I was just gonna I was just gonna touch on uh, Montreal uh Toronto there quick and just say that uh I agree with you. I think Montreal uh could probably win that game. And mm-hmm. uh as far as uh aerial attack, I don't it's gonna be interesting with uh, Andrew Harris like um like you said like he's been out for so long. Um they're going to say he's 100% ready to go for the game and stuff. But, like, I guess we'll have to wait and see how ready he actually is. Yeah. So, are you taking Winnipeg to beat the the Lions as well? Uh, to be honest, I, I think I might even take the Lions just because of the fact okay. that they have nothing to lose, to be honest. Like, I think out of any of the West teams, I think they could pull it off. I, I want to say... Like I want the Lions to win so bad, right? I don't want to. I don't want those Bombers back in the Grey Cup because I don't hear the end of it around here. Um, <laughs> so Nathan Rourke's my boy this week. Um, <laughs> but like him and Caleros too, that's gonna be a that's not gonna be a big run game. Oliveira and Butler will run, but I mean, I think Rourke throws the ball probably thirty five times that in this game coming up at least, if not forty times. Um, but I mean, like you said, you put you take him out of or you take out Hollins and you insert Whitehead, you now have Whitehead, Rhymes, Hatcher, Burnham, and then you have Katoy as as the fifth receiver. Like those are all they've all had stud seasons, except Burnham, who's missed a bunch of games with injury. But I mean what do you like you got nothing to lose there. But what do they got on the other side? They got they got uh, Ellingson, Schoen, Dembski, Bailey. And Walatarski. It's equally as what this game comes down to for me is the defensive lines and the offensive line play. Because Calgary Calgary mm-hmm. sacked Rourke, what was it, three three times, four times? And they had like yeah, I'm not too sure. they had allowed two sacks like for the first five weeks of the season. You know what I mean? Like so I mean, now you're facing Jefferson and Jeff Coat on the outside and then the middle guys and Big Hill. Like <laughs> it's gonna be a game. Um See how it is, and uh, see how it rolls. But I don't know, man. See, if this is the best time of the year for the CFL market uh, markets. Is and I think too, um, I, I'm kind of getting tired of the CFL promoting the Grey Cup, and then when they show Regina, the stadium's empty. It's like after a game that they recorded that, and it's like come to the Heartland, <laughs> and there's like no one there. I'm like, wow, someone did not think the marketing through there, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean that. That stadium, I was looking at tickets because all the Ryder fans are selling their tickets. And the cheapest ticket I found was $273 for the top corner of the stadium. Like, I ain't paying that. If you want to stand in pill country, it's almost $200 to stand for the whole game in the cold. Jeez. <laughs> so, it's going to be going to be interesting. We'll see where it goes. Uh, but, yeah, so you're going to take Montreal, BC. I'm taking Montreal and reluctantly Winnipeg. I That hurts me, but. We'll we'll see where it goes. Uh, we'll be re- we'll be previewing Grey Cup next time we do the show, which will be fun. Grey Cup week's always a blast. 
Um, the game's going to be like out of these four teams that are left, the Grey Cup's going to be good. Yeah. I don't oh, think yeah. we're in for like a stinker game. CFL <laughs> CFL runs the ball a little more uh, because you only have the three downs and we'll see where it goes. Um, but that'll kind of do it for our CFL thing. We don't have, I mean, we only have two games now every time. We'll have one game next. Um, but we're going to be right back on the MJ Sports Pod and we're going to talk about NHL signings. Uh, a little different, not not any current signings, but just some uh, some interesting dynamics there. So stay tuned. We'll be right back on the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod, Season 1, Episode 9. Michael, and as Josh has on his Zoom screen, Jay Swizzle with you. Um, Josh... <laughs> Interesting debate now. I thought about this a couple weeks ago because it was posed on a broadcast when I was watching the Oilers. But they said, who is the is is here's the question, and I don't think there's any debate. Is Zach Hyman the best signing Ken Holland has made? I say yes. Um, I know I was talking with someone about that. They're like, What about McDavid? I'm like, No, he didn't he didn't uh he didn't sign McDavid. Uh that was Shirelli, and who's not gonna sign him? That was one Shirelli could have messed up and didn't. Um but <laughs> But for Ken Holland's era with the little cap space he's had until this year, and even this year he doesn't have tons, um, how is Zach Hyman not the best signing he's ever made for the Oilers in his short time? Uh, would you agree with that? Or is there another – is there an honorable mention? I don't even know if there's an honorable mention that compares to Zach Hyman's signing, but what do you think on that? Yeah, no, I would agree with uh, that uh... – that statement of him being the best signing it's uh like ken holland didn't have much to work with those first couple years with uh the uh trail of stuff that shirelli left in his when he left um but i think as far as uh value signings if we're gonna call it that um i think evander kane would have to go under an honorable mention as well um just because i mean ken holland just kind of like we had talked about in the past like a few podcasts ago or whatever it was like he just kind of said basically like this is what we're offering you you're free to go <laughs> look around but uh like this is what we have on the table if you want it and uh ended up coming back and uh then then evander kane's like oh yeah i left uh i took a cheaper deal so we could build around or whatever but i don't know i kind of think that's a little bit of like more so that he didn't get anything more than that, so that's why he signed that deal kind of thing. Not that he left money on the table, so to speak, but uh, exactly. yeah, I'd probably say the Hyman, the Hyman one, and then uh, honorable mention, I'd say uh, Kane, just for the pure reason that he has the ca- capacity to just score 30 to 40 goals a year, and they're paying him like five point something, five point one, five point two. So, um. I mean, and then as we're recording this in this game, uh, Kane actually uh, got injured and he's going to need some surgery on his wrist now. So I guess we'll see uh, how long he'll be out for. Um, He's kind of took an awkward fall towards the boards. And then uh, Patrick Maroon was skating by to grab, like skating up to grab the puck and uh, his skate caught Evander's wrist and, uh, yeah, so I guess we'll. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you even saw that, Mike, because you've been kind of busy. But uh, yeah, I watched the video of it, and there's like immediately he stands up, and there's a 
big like a big splash of blood on the ice and he's skating to the bench really fast and you can tell he's screaming and yeah i guess they uh stabilized him send him to hospital and it looks like he's gonna need some surgery so i he'll probably be out for a little while um but coming back to the signings yeah i'd say uh for sure that uh zach hyman's probably the best one as as of right now sorry uh, <laughs> that caught me off guard i'm actually just watching the video here um yeah i i agree with you i i think another honorable mention that i would say i mean we, if we turn them all honorable mentions, we're going to list every signing he's made. But um, the Kulak deal is very similar to the Kane one, right? Like Kulak had earned the right, I think, a little different than Kane, but I think he'd earned the right to try free agency because he was finally a UFA. Um, mm. But I watched – so the Oilers have this this Oilers Plus thing, right? Um, it's exclusive behind-the-scenes features. But uh, <laughs> so I was watching an episode there on free agency – and they have uh, Holland going back and forth with uh, Kulak's agent. And he says, Brett wants four years, 2.4. And uh, so he says, well, if he, fi- if he signs 2.5 somewhere else, I'm going to be ticked. But they have like no money left, right? So finally, <laughs> the agent phones Kate, uh, Holland back. He says, can you do 2.5 for all those years? Yeah, yeah, I can. And he hangs up and they're all like, what a boss. Because like Holland was just saying like, he better not sign for 2.5 somewhere else, but then he calls him back and he signs for 2.5. But Kulak has played pretty well. Um, I You don't see him making a lot of blunders. He had that unfortunate mishap like early in the season when he was skating backwards <laughs> and fell over. Uh, was that in the Buffalo game? Or was that the Vancouver game early in the season? Anyways, I think it was the Vancouver game. I think it was the first game of the year. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was Vancouver. Yeah, he kind of... I don't know if toe pick is the right word because it was on his, the back of his foot, but he was skating backwards and just kind of took a spill there. Caught an edge. Yeah, that was pretty bad. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, right? Um, but I think that's probably the best signing they've had um, is 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 Hyman. And then there's some honorable mentions there. Another value signing I don't think gets talked about enough is the uh, Shesterkin one in New York. Mm. Um, like – they signed him for like I think he's I think he's making like four point something, and uh, that was before like they signed him and this was the first year of that. But like, or I guess this is the second year of that deal now. But like, the fact that you they're paying somebody who's like Vesna Trophy candidate, like finalist. I, did he win the Vesna this year? I think he did, right? I believe so. I think so. I can't remember. I think so. Anyways, the Vesna goalie candidate or winner like i can't remember if he i think he did win it but like the fact that they're paying him under five million dollars for a few more years like that's pretty insane that they uh they got in there as quick as they did and signed him for what they did because <laughs> that's a huge underpay at this point i mean if he, they would have waited or like signed him this off season, like i definitely would have been making like probably six seven kind of in that range i'd say Oh yeah, and yeah, he did win it here. I just looked up, um, and to think their window is now right. They were in the final four last year. <laughs> like, yeah, he like he, he hasn't even played. Like, it's not like he's played a decade and finally got to the playoffs. Like, he's just coming in now. And um, I mean, they don't have Georgiev behind him, but they have Halak, who's not terrible. Um, and I mean, but I agree. That's that's another signing there. Um, 
I mean, we've seen we see bridge deals in the NHL too. Darnell Nurse took a couple before he took whatever he's making now, nine something. Um, <laughs> and I mean, he's noticeable on the ice, but not always for the best reasons. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it is there is some signings there, right? And I look at Florida too, like they've managed to fit Eric Stahl in, who's going to be a he's not going to score you fifty goals, but I mean, that's a veteran presence to help you. Um, and I think one of the other signings that I found absolutely amazing and money aside was the Giroux to Ottawa. I think that's going to help them in the long run. He's been through the battles. Uh, he's never won the cup, but he's been through playoff battles. Like he knows what it's going to take. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, that's kind of, kind of where we're at here, but, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's take a break here, Josh. And then we will come back and we will walk, work our way through the Canadian teams here just to quick rapid fire on where they're at and then we'll uh we'll go from there so we'll be back right here on the mj sports pod welcome back to the mj sports pod season one episode nine uh josh we want to rapid fire a little bit to hear the canadian teams because they're all doing pretty decent um as we record this it is tuesday november the 8th um i'm just whipping through the scores here that happened tonight all seven canadian teams were in action um the oilers win 3-2 in la or in la sorry i was reading the wrong score (laughs) 3-2 in tampa bay uh 35 saves uh for the oilers goaltender and uh probably a a proven game for Jack Campbell. He needed something like that to happen. Um, then you you go down. The next one was the Flames. We already kind of alluded to it. They lost 3-2 in Jersey. Jersey only had 20 shots. Um, so I'm wondering if Markstrom even was in net or was it Vladar? Yeah, it was Markstrom. Um, so they lose 3-2 there. They have, not, they have not won in the month of November. Um, they haven't won since the Oilers beat them, actually. The Canucks are in a barn burner there. They win 6-4 in Ottawa. That must have been a fun game. And uh, the Leafs lose at home in overtime to the Golden Knights, 4-3. They also only had 20 shots, the Golden Knights. And the Jets move into first place in the Central. Uh, Where did you and I have them here? (laughs) We had them third last in the division. Yep, right above Arizona. (laughs) Um, Props to them, man. They're they're second second in the West. The only team ahead of them is is uh, Vegas because the Vegas keeps winning as well. Um, but if the playoffs started today, Winnipeg would be getting the LA Kings, and that would be a heck of a series. But um, yeah, we're we're like fifteen games in. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but props to them. They're eight three yeah. and one. Um, Dallas is who they beat tonight. That's who they had to leapfrog. So they're tied with Dallas with a game in hand. So they take first place by virtue of that. Um, do you have any surprises? Uh, Toronto is now down two goaltenders. The two they signed are both hurt. Murray is on his way back apparently, but, uh, what's your thoughts on this, these Canadian teams? I'm, it's just intriguing. The ones that should be good have been kind of okay. And the ones that are, we've thought would be terrible have been good. Yeah, no, it's, it is very interesting. Um, like you said, we both had Winnipeg third loss in that division. Um, I had Canucks quite high, but they started out very poorly. I think they're kind of getting their footing back now. Um, but, uh, yeah, all the Canadian teams, I guess you didn't touch on Montreal. Uh, it was the only one we didn't really touch on. But uh, I think uh, as far as Canadian teams go, and I think everyone's 
seems to be doing like pretty okay as about 10 to 15 games into the season here so far. Mm-hmm. Montreal uh, won 3-2 in a shootout tonight. Red Wings peppered them with 43 shots and could only get two past Jake Allen. So they, he had a good night as well. Um, mm. So basically all the Canadian teams won except Ottawa because – and oh, and Toronto, of course. But Ottawa because they're playing another Canadian team. So that's not going to happen. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like Buffalo is 7-6. and six. Vancouver's one point out of the wild card. These are all teams you and I – well, Vancouver we kind of had mid at the pack. But um, – like Buffalo, I we both had them last in the Atlantic, and they've had a good start. I mean, you got to maintain it. They're 13 games in, and it's 82 long, right? But um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with them. Been been pleasantly surprised, though. And I think the other thing that I would take from, from these games is um, the Oilers last night, I mean, four power play goals against. If it was only five on five, the Oilers won four to one. Like that that's insane to me. Um yeah. Ovechkin's just ripping the puck and he's just he deked whoever out of his shorts there. Bouchard's having a struggle <laughs> to start the season. Um but I mean you look at these games, they're not like no one got blown out tonight in terms of the Canadian mm. teams, except the Stars lost five one. But I mean, you're in Winnipeg, it's gonna be tough. They're on the road, whatever. Um but it's not like they're playing good games and the Senators are going to surprise. I think there's there's things coming down the pipe for these teams that are good. Um, they always say American Thanksgiving, right? If you are in the playoffs, American Thanksgiving, I forget the percentage. It's like 95 or something that you make the playoffs. Um, there's been one exception to that that worked out really well, and that was the Blues. They were last on January 1st that year, and they won the Stanley Cup. So it does happen, but that's one example. Out of how many? Um, what do you think? Like, what's your thoughts on this overall? Like, kind of alluded to it already, but uh, any other thoughts to add before we move on? Yeah, not really any other thoughts. It's just uh, like we've kind of said a couple times now. It's just uh, it's exciting when uh, the Canadian teams are doing well. So it's kind of nice to see. Like, um, I mean, over the past, like, even going into last year, year before, kind of things. Like, there uh, always seem to be. Um, like two or three Canadian teams in the mix for the Stanley Cup. And it's nice to see that uh, seems like if it stays the way it's going, like there'll be more than just that two or three Canadian teams kind of in a playoff hunt this year, which will be uh, a good thing for Canada and hockey in general. Mm -hmm. What do you think if you had to put on the spot right now where the standings are at, how many Canadian teams make the playoffs? Where they're sit, like if things stay the same way as they are right now, kind of thing, or well, just where the standings are. Just in general, like how many Canadian teams? Now that you've seen fifteen games of each, who's gonna make? Who's gonna push for playoffs and who's gonna fizzle out? And and how many total? Like, I kind of have a number in my head, but I want to hear what you want to say about that first. Yeah, I'd say four Canadian teams, okay. maybe okay. five. Um, I'd say. Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary for sure. Um, and then I'd say like Winnipeg, Ottawa. I say one of those teams probably makes it in. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Vancouver makes it. I don't think Montreal makes it. Um, so yeah, I'd say four, maybe five, three for sure. Like three locks, I think you could probably safely yeah. say. Um, and then yeah, between Winnipeg and uh, 
Winnipeg and Ottawa. It's going to be one or both, I think. Okay. I The number I had in my mind was five. Um, I think if Vancouver can figure what's out, because they're one point out of wild card, like they're not, they're struggling while other teams are struggling, right? Like it's a, actually a perfect storm for them that they're not losing the ground. But yeah, so I, th- I think they're on the bubble for me. I think the Jets, are they for real? I don't know. I'm happy if they are. I always say that, right? I've said this many times on this podcast. The, the more Canadian teams are winning, the better. Um, but I think, like, I think the Alberta teams are locked. Toronto's going to be in the playoffs. Not probably go very far. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> Montreal, like Montreal and Ottawa. I think, like, I don't think Montreal does. I think Ottawa could push for something. That's maybe mm. iffy. But like the four Western ones, I think actually, if they keep it up could do it but i think you're looking at one of those teams in the east and i is it toronto i don't know but it's i don't know it feels funny saying winnipeg's a west team when they're in the middle of canada but it's um yeah five's kind of the number i had in my in my mind um but we'll see we'll see where it goes i mean we're gonna report on this every week so um it is what it is um one more thing, Josh, NHL-wise, just want to touch on here before we go to our closing segment is the reverse retros have come out. Um, it feels funny doing it on a podcast because you can't see them. But did you have likes of who you enjoyed? Did you have, like, what were they thinking with those? Like, give me your – was it Cole's notes <laughs> on the on – the, I also want to add quickly before we do reverse retros, the Buffalo Sabres unveiled their new black goat head ones. Um, they look fire. They kind of did the goat. They did the goat head with their reverse retro as well, but the black and the red and the silver. Oh man, it just rolls together nicely. But uh, what did you think of reverse retros? Any ones that stand out? Any ones you're like, what are they doing over there? I mean, uh, what was it? Toronto didn't really do anything. Um, no. They just put a kind of a different logo, I guess, on it, as you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Florida's uh, just because of how different it was, I guess, is probably the best way to put it. Like, wasn't uh, typical of, mm-hmm. like, what the throwbacks have kind of been. Uh, definitely liked uh, Washington's, uh, mm-hmm. the Screaming Eagle. Um, the Boston Bruins one, I, I think I like it. I don't know what it is about that one, but uh, I like the uh, bear head or what is that? what have they been calling it? The Pooh Bear or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> um, are. Yeah, for that one. Yeah. Um, I really like the Sharks one as well. Uh, going back to the seals, uh, like color scheme and uh, like the way they wrote sharks was kind of in that font, I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, I like the uh, the Penguins one too. Uh, the uh, Nashville one. I've always been a fan of that jersey. I don't know why. It's just so different. Um, I don't yeah. know if I'd say it's a favorite one, but like definitely interesting. Uh, the Oilers one. Uh, I like the. I don't know. That one's one that's kind of weird to me. I don't know. I'll have to wait till I see it. Um, I thought it was funny that Seattle came out with a. A throwback or a reverse retro when they've only been in the league a year, so that was well. So did Vegas, though, um, right? Like after three years, Vegas had a re- reverse retro. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I and I like the Minnesota Wild, like the uh, color scheme from uh, the North Stars. Um, mm. I know I'm kind of going crazy. I like the goat head buffalo one. Uh, I think that's a cool jersey. Um, Flames one didn't really care for that much. Um, trying to remember, like, yeah, who is Be- it? Uh, there's a team, oh, Vegas and Carolina, looks like. They just did the uh, letters or, like, mm-hmm. the word. <laughs> I'm never a fan of those. Like, I think you could come up with a little something different. Um, and I like the uh, Phoenix one, or Arizona one, I guess, the Kachina or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I know I listed off probably half the jerseys or three-quarters of them there, but they're just interesting because they come out with, like, different ideas every year. Some of them definitely missed the mark um but and i like the uh the blue jackets one as well i'd say too that i'll throw back to that uh, logo um partially because it kind of reminds me of uh the uh, aston ramblers from our hometown (laughs) (laughs) growing up there a little bit with the hockey and uh i think my favorite jersey though has to be the uh fisherman for the islanders you like that one eh? Yeah, I, for, I just think it's cool. Like, never going to really see that again, so. <laughs> for years, they wanted it back, and now they have it. And it, and the best part is when these come out, people are, like, waiting for these designs, so the, they give them what they want, and they're like, oh, those are terrible jerseys. And you're like, what? You guys just complained? That <laughs> but, yeah, I know you've listed them all, so we'll be right back on the MJ Sport. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I agree with you. I, I like this program. Um that they do reverse retros. It's uh, I like the ones that think outside the box. Okay. So like Colorado did the state flag. They've kind of done that with that mountain Jersey. They have that third Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, the predators went back to that one, but they made it their current yellow, not that weird mustard color they used to have on them. Um, <laughs> I wish they would have kept the mustard. <laughs> <laughs> the devils went to the Rockies uh, colors. Um, and I think the Canucks is one of the coolest ones too. Like it's just totally different. It's their AHL team, but it's it's like it's a throwback to the Vancouver Canucks. Because I heard Jay Onright talking. He's like, "What is a Canuck?" He's like, "Finally, we have a picture of what a Canuck is. It's a Canadian." Oh yeah, and the uh, like the skate the skating guy, right? With the yeah, like hockey yeah. stick and stuff. Yeah, I like the, I like that one too. And the Tucon, uh, Lady Liberty. The Rangers will never go wrong with that. Uh, Ovechkin with the Screaming Eagles pretty cool because he scored his first NHL goal in that that set when they had the Capitol building and the Screaming Eagle, and then he set the record the other night for most by a Capitol with the Screaming Eagle on. Like it was kind of cool bookending it. Um, Dallas finally came out with something that wasn't just plain white. Same with Detroit, but Detroit looked like they copied Chicago's homework and just made it look a little different. Um, <laughs> but my favorite, like I like Vancouver because it went outside the box. Um, Arizona. They've never had that color in a jersey outside the box. Um, Florida's is very cool. I, I can't wait to actually see them. In a, like, I want to watch the highlights and see how it looks with the whole team. Um, yeah. Robo Penguins back. Philadelphia doesn't do anything, but they have the Cooperalls in a, in warm-up, right? Like the pants, the full-length pants. So that's kind of yeah. cool. It's different. The Oilers one, I, I like, I've always liked that logo, but the orange oil drop just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. That's the only complaint I have about that jersey. Yeah, I think I think that's what did it for me too. Like, I I just wasn't crazy about it. And I think it is just that orange in the oil drop. Like, 
I don't think you needed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I think you could have had the ori- that original logo on there and then thrown the orange like the way it is on the jersey, a little bit on the sleeves, a little bit on the uh, bottom there, just to kind of tie it in. But I don't think you needed it in the oil drop at all. Yeah. No, I agree with you, and uh, that's kind of where we're at with the reverse retros. We'll have more on them as they unveil them, but team by team. I think they're kind of starting to all unveil them in games. The Oilers wear theirs on Wednesday, uh, the 16th, not not this past week, Wednesday. Uh, but, um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. It's been kind of cool to see where where they're wearing them. And uh, that's the, the other cool thing about these reverse retros, Josh, is that, um, like, half of them are white. or not even half, less than half this year. But last time there was a lot of white jerseys, right? Like, so their teams were wearing them on the road or having the other team wear their homes at on the road. This year is a lot of dark jerseys. And uh, we'll see where where they go. It's kind of cool to have a lot of dark jerseys. But, like, Anaheim, Boston, Buffalo, Colorado, L.A., Jersey, Sharks, Lightning, kind of. And uh, the Jets are all kind of white jerseys. Otherwise, everyone's dark. And the Canes didn't do anything. They're just like, hey, let's throw some red on our aways. So that's kind of where where things came, but uh, we'll see how they roll them in the in the games. Um, I always am careful to judge these jerseys until I see them with the whole team because sometimes I've, my opinion has changed. I always thought the Oilers navy with the orange logo was kind of blah, but once the whole team wore it, it kind of looked a little sharper. Um, I thought they wore them way too many times last year, so I'm kind of tired of those jerseys now, but it is what it is. It's a jersey. <laughs> we want them to win the cup, right? So whatever. But uh, right on. Well, we'll go to break here and then we'll come back. We'll do our performers and pick them. Uh, Stay tuned on the MJ Sports Pod. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod Season 1, Episode 9, closing segment here. Josh, we want to do our uh, pick them and our um, performer of the week. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, let's, let's not discuss pick em. <laughs> <laughs> did you not do well last week josh <laughs> <laughs> maybe when one i did it go one and three i think i was looking at some of the scores something like that uh we'll start with we'll start with the uh, performer of the week here and then you can um yeah take it away josh do you have a performer of the week and then we'll i'll give you mine and then we can do the pick them to close here yeah, I think uh, my performer, uh, hopefully I'm not stealing yours, Mike, uh, but uh, Keon Hatcher, BC Lions, uh, just had a game, 162 yards receiving and a touchdown in that game. Uh, I believe Nathan Rourke threw for about 320, 330, so he had about half of uh, Nathan Rourke's re- receiving yards, <laughs> or passing yards, rather, um, were directed towards Keon Hatcher. Kind of crazy that he only came away with one touchdown out of that, but... Uh, I think he's got to be my performer of the week. And then uh, honorable mention goes out to the uh, Netherlands cricket team uh, <laughs> Saturday, uh, winning by 13 runs over South Africa. And uh, crazy game on uh, Sunday, uh, India over Zimbabwe. India won by 71 runs, so they kind of took it and ran away with that game there. So, uh, yeah, those will be my honorable mentions. Um, that's, that's child's play, right? 71 runs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so <laughs> someday we're gonna get a review here, or someone's gonna message us about cricket and say we've had it all wrong that that's actually a close game or something, right? Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait for the European listeners and the Aussies to let us know. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, my performer of the week is kind of a different one. Um, it's the future rider quarterback. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, Levi Mitchell, though, came into that game. Jake Mayer was struggling, and Mitchell came in and just started throwing darts. And the reason I pick him for performer, they didn't win. He did okay. But he can't – like, all season, I just can't imagine being him. Like, you're number one for years, and all of a sudden they're like, no more. And then the last game of your season, you're like – they're like, oh, we need you. Not No qualms about it. He went out there and played, right? And it wasn't like – it wasn't like he – you couldn't tell that he's on his way out. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, he's playing. Yeah. He wants to win this game. He's competitive. Um, and if they would have won, man, can you imagine the controversy in Calgary? Like, we won't, we won't get to see oh, that. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I was grateful he came in through because I had Kamar Jordan in my fantasy, and Jake Mayer doesn't throw to Kamar Jordan. So, uh, Bo Levi Mitchell threw one pass to him. So, that was nice of him. But I, I want to <laughs> pick, pick Bo because I think – I don't like the stamps, obviously – um, Mitchell's on his way out of there, but I just thought like to come in there after the season he's had and just throw darts, like he was rolling and I just couldn't believe it, um, to watch. And, uh, so he's my, he's my performer of the week. Um, honorable mention would go again to feed Felix Oje Aliasim. His streak came to an end here of consecutive matches won, but man, he, he ran for so long undefeated. Uh, I think last time we recorded the podcast, he's at 14. I think he won a few more and then lost. Uh, finally, that sounds bad the way you say it, but it was true. Um, <laughs> so that's that. We moved to performer or to pick them, Josh. Uh, you're correct. One and three. I went two and two. Uh, the doggone Saints just keep costing me. I'm not picking them anymore. Um, <laughs> you were at 15 and 13. I'm at 17 and 11 right now. Now, I'll read you the games for the week that we want to touch on and then uh, give me your. Give me your thoughts. So the first one, big, big NFC South battle. The the Falcons and the Panthers, both sub five hundred teams, uh, four and five versus two and seven, is Thursday night football. So we can't even like escape that and replace it with a different game. Uh, do you have the Falcons or the Panthers? Panthers are at home. Um, who you got there? Who's the quarterbacks for those teams? You know, that'd be nice to know. Hey, no, uh. Mariota is for the uh, Falcons, and I think Baker Mayfield is still playing for the Panthers. McC- uh, McCaffrey and a bunch of guys are gone, but he's still there. Yeah, uh, I'll take the Falcons. Okay, that's who I'm taking too. Falcons are just a little stronger, I think. Uh, second game mm-hmm. is not an afternoon game on Sunday, but it's an intriguing one. It's the six and the seven and one uh, Vikings. Or is it six and one? Six and one, maybe. Again, six and two um, Bills. Vikings, Minnesota's in Buffalo. Uh, both teams have at least six wins. I, I think I misread the record there, but. Uh, I'll take the Vikings on that one. Vikings come through for you every time. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, seven and one Vikings, six and two Bills. Ah, uh, man. I, I feel Vikings, but Bills are at home. I'm going to take the Bills just to be different. Um, you take Minnesota. Sunday nighter, Chargers, 49ers, Herbert, Garoppolo. I was trying to come up with a lot of different comparisons, but that's up where it ends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> going to stick with my boy, my boy Jimmy G. Okay. I'm going with the Chargers there. 
Um, and then the Monday nighter. Uh, let the birds fly, man. It's the Commanders and the Eagles. I'm going Eagles all the way. I'm going to ride them till they die. Uh, the Eagles got through the hard part of their schedule. I think statistically the back half is easier. And how far are they going to roll? But they almost lost to the Texans. So, I mean, it doesn't – they've won crazy weird games. Going with the Commanders. <laughs> okay. I'm going to keep going because one of these days I'm going to get it right. <laughs> Carson Wentz won't play, right? Like, he's he's injured. But Carson Wentz mm. versus Jalen Hurts, that would have just been a storyline, like, very cool, right? Um, yeah, for sure. So you got Falcons. I was going to say the Twins, the Vikings, the 49ers, <laughs> and the Commanders. And I got the, uh, the Falcons, the Bills, the Chargers, and the Eagles. Let the birds fly. Um, I'm living vicariously through my brother, David, because my saints don't know how to play defense or offense, um, <laughs> which is really too bad because they got a lot of guys that could do things, but Michael Thomas has only played like three games in the last three years for us. So what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> one thing I wanted to mention before we shut the show here is, uh, Frank Reich has been removed as head coach of the Colts. Um, and uh, Saturday, who is like a former Colt himself, is now named interim coach. Um, like I, I don't know. I was listening. I was watching Monday night because the Saints are playing, and uh, Joe Buck and uh, Aikman were there, and and they talked and they said like Frank Reich could never put a quarterback there. Like he needed a he needed a solid quarterback to run that team, run that team, and he just couldn't. And that was his downfall. Andrew Luck left. He retired. They brought in Philip Rivers. Didn't do much. They brought in uh, – well, Wentz was there, wasn't he, too? I think Carson Wentz was there, too. I think um, so. And then, like, now they got Matt Ryan. Now they benched him in favor of the other guy. Like, it's just, like, it just couldn't work. So, the Saturday, we'll see what he can do with the team. But uh, Frank Reich out. I don't think – I don't know if that's the end of, we see, end of him in the NFL. Uh, but we'll see. And uh, hopefully he lands somewhere – I think the Saints could use someone too, uh, but that's okay. And uh, we'll see where the Colts go. You, like, what a franchise when Peyton Manning's there, right? To what they've become, it's just kind of interesting to see. I was going to say, bring Tony Dungy back. <laughs> yeah, Tony Dungy, and uh, I think Peyton Manning could come off the Monday Night Manning cast. Throw a few, <laughs> um, but that's that's kind of where we're at. That's the kind of the end of the show this week and next week we're going to talk obviously we'll do some great cup preview we'll see where these canadian teams are at in the nhl follow some storylines um and another thing that we should touch on is it is november the 8th the uh, fifa world cup is coming soon and canada's in it um a couple guys not are kind of banged up with their club teams it's like wow what a perfect time for that to happen um but (laughs) canada will see they uh they made it. That was the goal. Now everything on top is kind of gravy. But I mean, while you're there, you want to win it, right? So they'll play hard. We'll see. Um, I always like the that's kind of the soccer tournament I watch because it literally is the world. It's not like the World Series. Um, shout out to the Astros who turned the World Series around. They threw a no hitter, um, partway through the World Series, and after that, didn't look back and won the World Series. Mm. Dusty Baker. First, he wins his first World Series as a manager. He's managed over 3,000 games. I'm just like, man, what a long wait for him. Um, and he took over that team when they were in their turmoil. Like, they fired their manager. They 
kicked these guys out for the cheating scandal. Like, and he came in and said, whatever. And he was the manager when every city was booing them every time they came to a new town. So uh, he's done. Okay. Says he'll be back. Um, but I liked when they asked him, they said, what's next for you, Dusty, as he, as they present them the trophy. And he says, party time. And so it's like, oh, okay, Dusty. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, props to them. I'm not an Astros fan by any means, but uh, they got it done. They win another World Series and uh, top of the top of the world. And uh, baseball starts again in a few months. <laughs> like, it's kind of weird. So that'll be our show today. Uh, if you enjoyed the pod, be sure to click subscribe, rate us uh, on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you stream your podcast. Uh, you can reach us by email mjsportspod at gmail.com or on Facebook. mjsportspod is the page title. Twitter, Instagram, at mjsportspod. And we will catch you next week, Josh, episode 10. We're hitting the double digits and uh, looking forward to what the future holds for the podcast. Um, yeah. Stay safe, everyone. Have a good week, and we will catch you on the flippity flip, as they say sometimes. Actually, I think our brother Nate says flippity flip, doesn't he? He said that to me a few times. Uh, uh, probably. He has some sayings. Anyways, we'll catch you yeah. next time on the MJ Sports Pod.